Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Today we are joined by Laurel Sabadosh, sitting here with Casa de Phyllis. <laughs> hello, hello. Thanks for coming over today. Thank you for joining the uh, the podcast family. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm happy to have you. Episode yeah. 106. Who would have thunk? I, I started this in 2020 with a friend of mine and it was all over Zoom. So I'm really happy now that I actually get to have my friends over to sit face to face because having a conversation over Zoom is boring. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I couldn't imagine like, what if your yeah. internet goes out? <laughs> did you ever have to do any remote work back during 2020? I did a lot of like music lessons online, but I oh, didn't really? have to do like Wait, too many lessons Zooms. online. I know it's not Ugh. fun. I know. I what, still actually guitar do lessons? it. Yeah, guitar and vocal. How did that work? Because, I mean, like, when you take lessons, they usually can be like, this finger right here, and then they poke at it, and they're like, this one's doing something wrong. Oh, yeah, it's not good. You have to continue to, like, move the camera. Not oh, fun, gosh. not fun. I still do it now. I'm, like, so you used to it. You still do the lessons over Zoom? Yeah, because I don't want to drive. Okay. I'm too lazy. So <laughs> so do you still take guitar lessons, or is it just vocal lessons now? And I do both. You do both? So, yeah, I do guitar, like... It's really a guitar and singing, songwriting. Like, mm-hmm. he kind of helps me with everything. But I do that once a week, and then I do vocals, like, once a month. That's cool. Yeah, I love it. You know, I took guitar lessons when I was in college, and I hated it. I was terrible at it. Really? Like, I'm a pretty... I, I would consider myself a decent guitar player. Yeah. But when somebody else was immediately like, you're doing it wrong, I was like get bent like I'm doing it right <laughs> I'm, I'm like this is how I want to do it and how can I make it even easier for myself <laughs> because I don't want to do anything how long have you played the guitar I've played the guitar for like eight years okay I'm have not... you taken lessons the whole time then um yeah okay yeah did you start teaching yourself or did you immediately like day one was a lesson I started teaching myself and I played for like my aunts and they were like, wow, you really need to take some lessons. (laughs) So you're from Florida? Yes. What part of Florida? I'm from Clearwater, Florida. Which is... Near Tampa. Gosh. I am a... I saw a... I forget what it was, but it was like beach girls. And I was like, I want to be a beach girl. Honestly, yeah. But when you live there, I feel like you don't go to the beach as much. You know? Really? Yeah. You think you'll go all the time and then you live there and you're like, I'm never going. No. (laughs) But now I go back and want to go every day. Yeah. That's how I feel when I'm on vacation. It's like, all I want to do is go sit on the beach. Like, I tell people all the time, I want to retire and lie on the beach and eat hot dogs. Like, I just want to sit and do nothing. I don't think I've ever had a hot dog on the beach. I don't know. More like a pub sub. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that does sound nice. So when did you move up here to Nashville? I moved here in 2018. So after I graduated college. Where'd you Uh, go to college? Georgia Southern. Okay, gotcha. So I moved to Georgia when I was in high school. And then I went to Georgia Southern for college and then knew I always wanted to live here. So what did you study? I did criminal justice and psychology. Like, Dang. I know, not music at all. Fancy, fancy. <laughs> I know. It was nice. I thought I wanted to work for the FBI, but here Whoa. I am. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow, you really kind of did a 180 there. No, I 100% did. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about the FBI that stood out to you when you like, I'm going to go be a, an agent? 
I feel like I was obsessed with criminal minds <laughs> and I wanted to do what they did every single day. And then I realized it's not like that at all. <laughs> so. Sorry, we're watching Phyllis all of a sudden just obsess over Laurel. Yeah. <laughs> she got out of her bed and she's like, I need to start smelling your sweatshirt yeah. right now. <laughs> she definitely <laughs> smells my dog. <laughs> yeah. So you have a dog, right? What's your dog's name? Stella. Stella. Yeah, I got what her a cute in college. I've had her for nine years. I think it's hilarious when people give dog names uh after like old people names yeah like i want to get another dog sometime and name it fred fred like i think that would be a great dog that would name. be a good name be- i feel like i've never met a dog named fred <laughs> really <laughs> no fred or susan yeah oh my gosh could you imagine like, like susan, susan get over sounds here. like she's like in her early 60s yeah. and complains about the salad at an Olive Garden. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> wow, I miss Olive Garden though. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you moved here in 2018 then, mm-hmm. so why did you choose Nashville over all of the other potential arts communities that you could have gone to? Um, I came here to visit a few times uh, for the CMA Fest, like okay. years before, and when I was still in high school, and I just fell in love with the city, and I knew I wanted to live here. It was more about the city itself than really anything else. So Mm -hmm. I moved here right after college. I told everyone in college, like, just know my plan is not to stay in Georgia. Like, I will (laughs) be in Nashville. I want to do that. Yeah, (laughs) literally. I was like, I'll make it there. (laughs) So which uh, which acts do you remember seeing at CMA Fest? Um... Wait, which what? Which uh, like bands or artists? Oh, which acts? Miranda Lambert. That was like the first time I remember seeing her. Really? And I That's was like cool. upset. I became like so obsessed with her after that. <laughs> <laughs> was that that? So you would have gone to the? Was it the 2018 CMA Fest you went to? No, I think my first one was 2014. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. I went like every year. I've gone like every year since. I'm so. It's like my favorite week of the year. Yeah, I'm upset. <laughs> That's my favorite word too. So you're gonna hear it a hundred times. <laughs> so God forbid somebody who books for the CMA Fest, if you're listening, yeah, we've got your Chevy front stage right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I go every year to support. <laughs> we've got your new faces stage right here. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. I would Is be that so one of fun. those like? landmark goals for you playing CMA Fest? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did um, something two years ago. It was an online event, though. So I was like, I want to be on stage. It was still so fun. But, you know, you see everyone and all the up and coming people. I saw Kelsey Ballerini before she was Kelsey Ballerini. And I was like, she's gonna get huge. And she did. So it's cool to see how far artists come. That's really cool. Yeah. So for those of the like listeners that have never heard of you before, would you give a short description of like what your genre, your vibe is? Yeah. So I consider myself a country singer. Okay. Um, I do a bunch of different sounds. I feel like I've recently released a bunch of different types of songs uh, just to see kind of what people uh, connect with. Mm-hmm. So, but I love singing country music. I feel like I have a little bit of pop in me as well. So it does feel very like traditional classic country, uh, like classic country music. Yeah. Because you're definitely not singing that stadium Luke Bryan flavor. No, I'm definitely <laughs> not. I try and stick with it because I, I love country music so much. So, and I hear all the new pop stuff coming up, and it's like definitely. <laughs> really? Uh, it's cool to hear. I love it. And I'm always inspired by new people, but. I try and stick with country. So I follow this Instagram account called There, I Ruined It. And it does AI recreations of different genres of music. Or it'll be like 
Johnny Cash sings Barbie Girl. Oh it my does stuff gosh, like that. It's, what? It's crazy. Wait, I but have they to uh, had one go viral recently that was uh, called What Country Music Sounds Like to People Who Don't Listen to Country Music. Mm. And I'll put it into the episode here. Truck jeans, beer, girl, creek boots, truck, tan legs, train dog, beer, Dixie cup. Got a beer in my beer and a Chevy in my truck. Got a dog at the wheel, cut off jeans, truck, dirt road, back road, beer, moonlight, red, white, and blue, girl, Friday night. Like, it's that flavor of country music that I just cannot stand. (laughs) But fortunately, I think we're kind of at the bitter end of that. Like yeah. era of it for fortunately yeah because there's acts like chris stapleton and laney wilson and all of these like in kelsey ballerinis and the Marin morrises that are more like like Going poppy and then pop, there's yeah. this like outlaw country kind of revival coming up and i don't even, what the heck would you call jelly roll Oh my gosh, I don't know. I feel like he's going towards the pop, but not not real. I don't know. He's his own thing, right, which is why he's doing so good. The Luke good. Bryan flavor of country music, I feel like, is finally just yeah. it's met. It's it, they, they've know. come to the end of that dirt road. It is. It is sad though because I feel like the first people I really listened to because in country, I didn't start listening to country until like high school. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I grew up on like literally rap and pop and. Britney Spears and (laughs) (laughs) and no country so Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean were like two of the first people I ever heard and I was like what is this (laughs) like that was your that was your introduction to it then yeah it was like oh my gosh what was my first song big green tractor like that (laughs) era I was like wow this is country country (laughs) country it's almost like you would make a little bit of fun of it though like growing (laughs) up because you're so used to not listening to that (laughs) so you moved here in 2018 was the goal always to be a songwriter or an artist there was never a plan b uh no not for me other than the fbi (laughs) i actually moved here and became a paralegal so really yeah so i did that like the first year or two when I was studying to get my law degree um but I always have done music music's always like been in my life I've Mm -hmm. just done it for me um and I always wanted to do everything that I saw everyone doing on Broadway I would walk on my lunch breaks past everyone and I'm like what the heck I want to be doing that why am I sitting (laughs) in a office they're having so much fun at one o'clock on a Tuesday (laughs) yeah literally do that I'm like what the heck this is what I want to do so then I ended up quitting uh, my job and thinking I was going to go back to school in 2020 right before Mm -hmm. everything shut down and then I went home for the break and started posting on a fake Instagram account music and it just kind of went from there and I've not stopped music ever (laughs) since so so let's go back to Clearwater Florida what was it like growing up there trying to uh, establish yourself as like a hobbyist musician rather like where did you get your start in Florida Oh, I just I don't remember ever not singing like really? when all my friends were hanging out I was in my basement singing like Britney Spears mm-hmm. <laughs> and dancing and making my parents pay fake money for a fake ticket to my show in right. the basement like I loved it I've always sang and my aunt her husband um 
he owns a recording studio. So oh, that's like, awesome. Yeah. So for my birthdays and everything, I would just have them there. So I've always had music in my life. I tried to learn to play the drums. <laughs> that did not work out too was well Was songwriting for me. always part of it or did that no, come in later? That came in later. It was always just the music okay. before. Yeah. What was the first song you ever wrote called? Oh my gosh. I, I don't even remember. It was <laughs> It was about a beer that... A drinking beer, which I didn't even drink beer, but you know, I listening to Luke Bryan and everyone. I was like sixteen. Like I was it was when I was a lot older. I didn't start till like high school. I didn't even realize like the idea of writing music. I okay. feel like until I moved to Georgia. So I moved to Georgia and a couple other people also liked music and I was like, Oh, you write your own stuff? Like that's so crazy. I just never thought that was a, a possibility. So was it that early college experience that kind of fortified the desire to write more music then yeah yeah once I moved to college it was more of like a therapy for me I was always like writing in my room for myself and never thinking anyone would really hear my music Mm -hmm. so well if you've been in music your whole life how has your creative process changed over the years Oh, it it's still changing like okay. every day. I feel like I was so inspired by artists. And when I first started, I would almost take melodies from certain songs and mm-hmm. try and write my own words to it. And then I changed from there to create my own melodies and just playing on the guitar to doing just words. I write so differently. And then moving to Nashville, it's like you have to learn to write with other people. You're not really writing for just mm-hmm. yourself anymore. So, it's, so I, I totally feel that. Um, I've been booking shows in town for almost six years now and you're new to me, relatively new to me. Mm -hmm, Um, and since I've been watching you more closely in 2023, I've noticed you've been performing out a lot more than you ever did before. Um, how has that affected your, your process? Like between just being a hobbyist level person versus Mm -hmm. somebody who's now a full-time musician and you're able to create freely yeah um I feel like it took a lot of me having to accept that like this can actually be a real career that I can like work towards it's hard to have a lot of my friends don't do music so they're all having their lives perfectly like set up (laughs) it seems from the outside and it's like well I'm trying to do you know music which I didn't grow up around a lot of people who did that so it was hard for a while to really accept this and now I feel like this past year I've fully accepted that this is 100% what I want to do and I'm going to work as hard as I can for as long as I can and try and make it happen. So I really just don't say no to anything now. (laughs) What changes have you made to your uh, life this year between the uh, having a part-time job or a Mm full-time job to now doing this? Are you gigging out regularly or do you have rights scheduled every day? What's, what's different now? Now I do at least three rights a week with people and yeah, right by myself. And then I try and do at least two rounds a week. I'm not really doing a lot of the like, um, cover shows yet, Mm -hmm. but I know that's definitely a next step for me just money-wise because you know this is a hard industry to make (laughs) money in especially starting out so I my biggest thing here is I feel like Nashville is such a networking town totally that as long as I'm going out and meeting new people and writing with new people and kind of finding my circle of who I like to work with then I think so when you schedule these writes every Mm -hmm. week are you writing with the same people or do you have a uh, a process of integrating new songwriters into your little pool 
Um, I write with a lot of the same people over and over again, but I also like if I hear someone when I'm at around and I think that our styles could be cool together, we'd work really well together. I just reach out and hope that they want to write with me. I have, I think, one new write on Thursday. So it's always something new, but I always make sure that I keep the people that I know I like writing with in my circle, too. (laughs) That was something that was really hard for me to start doing when I first moved to Nashville was learning how to co-write mm-hmm. because it's definitely a learned skill. Yeah. Like I had no idea how to like collaborate on a yeah. song because when I was in a band in high school, it was like technically co-writing, but it was like I wrote the guitar part mm-hmm. and then the singer wrote the words and then the bass player wrote his part. But now it's like, like we're all trying to create this one gigantic amorphous blob. And it's like, you wrote some words and you wrote some of the guitar and I wrote some of the words and I wrote some of the mm-hmm. guitar and trying to find your place in a co-write is something that's always been kind of awkward for me Yeah, because there's some people who are brilliant lyricists yep. and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you have some funny songs though. So you can throw like your own spin on it too, you know? Yeah. And some that's something that has been hard for me lately is like, because people assume because I play so many funny songs mm-hmm. that that's all I do. Yeah. And then I'll play a serious song and someone's like, when did you write that? Yeah. I'm like a week ago. Like, there's no jokes in it. Like, <laughs> Correct. Everyone's used to the <laughs> there's jokes. No, there's no inappropriate yeah. jokes in this one. Yeah. But that's cool because then you can spin stuff off because mm-hmm. everyone writes such serious songs totally. usually. And then you are a good like spinoff of everything. And when you throw in something like everyone else is doing, it's almost like people want to listen mm-hmm. more. Yeah. It's not something I ever wanted to be like known for. The funny songwriter dude. Yeah. But it's definitely like when I play shows now, people request don't invite me to your wedding. Like, oh. They want to hear that song. And that's never happened to me before. Wow. Like it's it's weird having a song that now people identify with me as an artist, quote, quote, artist, yeah. because I've been writing songs since I was 15. God, that was also, that was 15 years ago wow, when I yeah. wrote my first song, but it had never happened before where people are like, I love this song that you wrote. Will you play that? Yeah. They're just like, I'm at your show. And yeah, no, it is. It is different. I start now asking my friends, like, what do you want to hear? Because if you don't give me a song that you want to hear, mm-hmm. I'm going to start playing new ones to check those out. But usually people are like, play this, play this. I'm like, Hopefully I'm in the mood to sing that song. Something that's uh, bugged me. And I I mean, not bugged in a bad way, but like people say, well, they'll come up to me and be like, what songs of mine do you want to hear tonight? And then in my brain, I'm like, you're like, I can't think of one. Do I know the names of any of your songs? Yeah, no, literally. (laughs) I know, but then I'll play my show and I won't ask anyone. And they're like, I wish you would have done this. And I'm like, okay, well, you should have told me. So now I just ask. It's like, do you want to hear a sad song or a happy song? (laughs) Yeah. That I can say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way. I need to start doing that. (laughs) Yeah. So you've been living now in Nashville for five years. What's your Mm -hmm. Nashversary? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. I was thinking about this the other day. I think it's in March, but I honestly don't even remember exactly okay. when I moved. So you are coming up on six years here. Yeah, it's been a while. It's it's crazy. So I was talking with a friend of mine named uh, Michael earlier today about a shift he's seen in the music industry mm-hmm. and something that I've noticed as well. But um, I would like to hear your thoughts on how things have changed from when you first moved here to now, because obviously like 
2020 with COVID and TikTok becoming a mm-hmm. huge part of it has dramatically altered our industry. But like, what what have you noticed as far as just like our little community bubble of Nashville that's changed from when you started versus now? Oh gosh, I feel like for me, the biggest thing I have noticed is the social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it's just taken it to a whole new level of even competition wise. It's like these people that you don't even know how they're making their sound and it's like blowing them up and it's crazy. But Nashville itself, I think it's just, I mean, more people move here every single day. (laughs) And so everywhere you look, it's always going to be great artists. Um, But I don't know. It's hard because when I first moved here, I wasn't really as invested in the music scene as I am now. So it's hard to like compare exactly like from when I moved here. But a lot of people that have been playing rounds and stuff here for so long, it's like I found them on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy how like you could be here forever and get blown up on social media. Like (laughs) it's just it's mind blowing to me how much that's changed. I sound like such a grandpa complaining about social media. It's hard. It's like the worst part, I think, for me, at least for me. I struggle with uh, social media because... Mm -hmm. Now that I'm 30, I don't love scrolling through reels or TikToks. Like, I never really cared about that, but I care way less about posting on my personal Instagram now. It's it's not fun like no. it used to be. It's just, it feels more um, like sometimes fake to me mm-hmm. to be posting. And I feel like that's why I do so many shows so I can go and in, in person and get more of a personality out of like right. people who are listening to me than just when I'm posting on social media but you have to do it these days or else i mean it's really beneficial i feel like for any artist that wants to do it so i really try and do it but it's, it's totally hard to artificial keep up and i won't get on my soapbox about the <laughs> staged tiktok videos oh my gosh yes but lordy lordy that's just a whole thing um but something <laughs> that i've been noticing a lot lately too is social media fatigue yeah which is in in the way of people posting like and i've seen like these exact words but like uh, obligatory post for my show tonight. And I'm like, you feel obligated to tell people you're performing? Oh my gosh, you no. Feel, because ob- obligatory sounds like a negative Yeah, word. it does. It's like, oh my gosh, you, you know, someone like, else can take that spot If you don't want to do this, just don't do it. Yeah, exactly. And I love when I do shows because I actually feel like I have something to post about. Mm-hmm. It's the days that I don't have shows and I'm like, okay, what can I post on here, you know? Right. And even like with the live shows, I take advantage of those. I really try and get as much content from those so I can post it so I don't have to be doing all the fake videos and stuff like that for totally. TikTok especially. But One of the things that TikTok has taught me is that like you have to promote the same thing a bajillion times. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that it's it's annoying for me as a social media consumer's perspective, seeing the same lyric video or the same song you filmed it in front of your house and now mm-hmm. it's in your bedroom and now you're in your car. But you have to relentlessly beat it into people. I have a new song mm-hmm. because in Nashville, at least, there's tens the thousands of people who are releasing music every day Mm -hmm. and if you don't heart people over i have a new song please listen if you're not excited about your new music Mm -hmm. why should anyone else be no exactly and that is hard because it's like i don't want to be annoying but it's almost like everyone else is being annoying you know (laughs) (laughs) we're all being annoying on the internet together (laughs) (laughs) like at least i can see that everyone else is doing it and i'm almost not doing it enough because i 
like, again, I grew up with all these people who aren't posting about their music every single day. So it's like, hello, here's me again and again and again and again. Please listen to my song. And they're like, we've already listened. I'm like, I'm trying to reach someone else. And then there's so many platforms now where you can find people. But it still feels like Instagram and TikTok are Mm -hmm. the, like, the cream of the crop on how to discover people. For sure. You feel the same way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't even, I try and post on Facebook still to get, Facebook is where we can reach our grandparents. No, literally I'm like, (laughs) I try and get like the older group of people to listen to my stuff too. But yeah, it's definitely TikTok and Instagram. And you have to really, one thing that I don't like about it, um, it's just the negativity that's on there. It's like almost scary to post nowadays. Yeah. Like if you put your heart and soul Mm -hmm. into a video and post it, there's a good chance that someone's going to post a snarky comment. Yep, exactly. Like I, like the There I Ruined It video. Yeah. I posted a snarky comment. <laughs> yeah. Granted, it was supposed to be like sarcastic because the whole video was. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like you could really give a crap, a shit, whatever you want to say. Yeah. You could care so hard about something that's so important to you. And then people on the internet are still like, boo yeah exactly oh my gosh it's so stop singing yeah now 100 people could say one nice thing and it's that one person that's so mean and it's like you just ruined the whole video for me (laughs) yeah if you don't have anything to say say nothing at all yeah that uh people on the internet do the exact opposite the exact i have nothing to say so i'm gonna say everything it's almost like if i don't get a bad comment i didn't get enough views (laughs) 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 like i just kind of wait for one Yeah, I definitely have the fatigue of trying to post all the time. Mm-hmm. And even with some of these like uh, Facebook or I guess Meta, uh, Meta has the creator studio where you can schedule all of your posts and everything. Oh, yeah. I haven't even used that. Even platforms like that aren't perfect mm-hmm. because I scheduled all of my week's posts for this week only to realize that one of them didn't go up mm-hmm. and only went to Facebook instead of both Facebook and Instagram. So then I tried setting it up four more times on my computer only for the platform to crash Oh my God. for me to then have to just do it on my phone yeah. manually. And I was like, I just wasted a half an hour of my life trying to post something onto Instagram that will get 30 likes. No, literally. It's insane. I, that's why I tried this new thing where I was making all of my TikToks on one day and then I just go in and just press post every mm-hmm. single day. But then it's like, oh my gosh, I, I'm exhausted. I probably haven't posted on there in like a week. So I need to really get back in it. But it was a good system while mm-hmm. while I had it going. When you shoot them all on the same day, do you change outfits for each video so it doesn't look like you're shooting them all <laughs> yeah, together? Yeah, usually. I wish I'd change more. Sometimes I'm like, it'll be fine. I'll just post something in between. But I mean. I've definitely done the whole like, I filmed six reels today. Yeah. But I changed shirts. You have and shoes to, though. You because, have yeah, be- to. Because then there will be the person who'll be like, you filmed all of these at the same yeah. time, didn't you? And it's like, wow, you cracked the code. Good <laughs> like, job, buddy. Aren't you wondering what we're all doing? <laughs> we're all taking videos every single day. No. Yeah, I didn't have the time to record a 90-second video six times this week. No, I literally. had an hour free yeah. one day. <laughs> and I feel like everyone does that. They have like their one content day, and it's like that's why I really rely mm-hmm. on my live shows. So I don't... So with your... Uh, being a full-time musician now do you have those like set scheduled days where you're like i'm shooting content today and today i'm doing social media do you have do you have it broken down like that i have like planning out social media days like and stuff like that but not really content every week i feel like it changes i i really like 
am a scheduled out person. My calendar is like Super psychotic. Type a. You're yes. talking to the same person. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. And I try and make sure like, oh, this is the day I'll be doing this. And since I'm doing this, I can also throw this in there. If I have shows, I try and be ready extra early mm-hmm. so I can get some content before. But it's it's I really try and make it to where it's more um, easier for me to get things done than more stress and having to okay today I need to get fully ready just to take content like no I'm gonna get ready the day I have a show and I'll just get ready earlier so I don't know the easy way I don't know the smarter way maybe (laughs) (laughs) well hey let's take a quick break and we'll come right back with Laurel Sabadosh on the Nashville Tour Stop podcast And we're back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast, episode 106, yes. featuring Laurel Sabadosh. Thank you again for joining us in Casa de Phyllis today. Yes. We had to you. put Phyllis into her crate because <laughs> she was becoming too needy, and now she's got her face pushed up against the wall of it. <laughs> like passed out with her nose sticking out. Like, <laughs> is she asleep? Yeah. Oh, no, she's not. Oh, she's not? Her. Oh, yeah, her eyes just She's blinked. blinking at us. <laughs> Well, we spent a, a long time chit-chatting in the break, but I would love to know more about your creative process and how you go about choosing the songs that you release. Because you said you just released a bunch of different varieties, right? Yes. So how did you go about choosing those songs versus uh, what a lot of artists do? And they're like, I'm going to release a specific style this time mm-hmm. instead of this shotgun method that you've approached this time. Yeah, so I feel like... This is such a learning process. I feel like I'm always wishing I had done things a different way or happy I did it one way. But so the first song that I ever released, I recorded before I ever played any live music out. It was like right after COVID happened. What was that called? Play. Okay. Yes. And it's one of my most streamed songs. So it ended up working out well (laughs) for me on that one. Um, And then after that, I worked with one songwriter, Britton Cameron, and did, um, I think, six songs we did together and ended up recording all of them. I played them out maybe a few times, not much, because I wasn't really playing live once I got back into town after Mm -hmm. the shutdown and recorded all of those. And I've just been releasing them one by one. But now I play so much that I see what people like from all the shows. And I feel like that's how I'll determine my next set of songs that I want to release. Well, that actually brings up a great point, because that's what I wanted to ask next is how you think the year of playing out way more has influenced your style. Oh, my gosh, so much because I, I feel like too, I write so much with a lot of people now that I almost like forget to write by myself a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So it's nice to like, test all these songs that I write with certain people and play them out or compared to the songs I write by myself and it almost gives me like a little bit of more confidence that like hey I still can write some songs by myself and don't have to do it with everyone which is so nice but it's also nice to hear like oh people like this song that I was unsure about compared to like this one I really really felt confident about and you know they didn't like it as much and maybe I played it wrong that night or something Mm -hmm. but it's good to see what other people think because in the end they're the ones who are listening to the music right yeah. That's that's a funny way to approach. Uh, funny is the wrong word, but an interesting way to approach it because uh, I know some bands like uh, who who sings "Creep" 
I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. Is that that's not incubus? That's I have no idea. Gosh, it's an interesting thing to bring that up because creep by Radiohead is one of those songs that the band wrote ages ago and they hate playing live now. Oh, yeah. So I can't imagine having a hit song and hating playing it. Yeah. And it's like, because at a certain point, what you're saying to your point is that it's all about the fans, what they want to hear. It is. And it's like, if you write a song that somebody wants to listen to, why would you deny them the ability to buy a ticket to hear that song? Yeah, exactly. And even one of my good friends, she works um, in the music industry and she's always like, you have to play like the song that you have out. Like you can't not play that. I was playing play because that's all I had Mm -hmm. out for a long time at every single set and it was like almost to the point where I want to try all these other songs I don't want to keep playing this song but it's like that's what people know and they come to maybe hear that one song that you have out so you should play it and it does get I don't know I don't want to say tiring because I love that song but it's like look at all these other people that you go to see you want to hear that one song and if they don't play it then you're let down so like it doesn't make sense to release a song and then never play it again exactly because then people will forget that it exists. Yeah, exactly. It'll get lost in the mix of all of these songs that get released. And that's going back to what we were talking about with TikTok. You have to constantly remind people that you have this song. And the life of a song can go on for a long time Mm -hmm. as long as you don't, I don't want to say give up on it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you keep playing it at your shows, people eventually might be excited to hear a new song and then you can try out the new one. But if you release a song and then you're like, and now here's my new ones, they're like, mm-hmm. what What about the one you put out? I like that song. Play yeah, that song. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And to like, I feel like I've even recorded like some songs because the first time I recorded, I did four and I only released one out of those four. Really? Yeah. Uh, so you have the other three sitting <laughs> on a hard drive somewhere? They're just sitting there. Yeah. And I, I might release them one day. I'm just not as passionate about them right now. And I know... I, that will come out on all my social medias. I won't play it at rounds. Like, it's just like, it's not really worth it to me until I can feel the same way I felt when I wrote Mm -hmm. that song. Cause if I already feel that way now, I I couldn't imagine releasing it and feeling Mm -hmm. that way. Like I've got a bunch of music recorded as well that I could put out, Mm -hmm. but it's not music that I play out anymore. Exactly. And I don't want to release a song that I don't want to perform live. Exactly. Because I I should have released it when I had it to begin with. Yep. But it's out of my, gosh, what do you want to call it? It's out of that life cycle of music that I play live. And I drop it into a set every now and then. Yeah. But it's not one that people nowadays are familiar with. Yeah. Like people now are familiar with the wedding song. And it's like, I can't release the third wheel because you don't know that song. Yeah. People don't know that song. But only my like oldest friends would be like, oh, Yeah. You know, I, remember I remember that, that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, it, it would defeat the purpose of mm-hmm. releasing a song because I don't want to play it live anymore. Yeah. And th- that's the one thing I feel like I've kind of struggled with here is getting music out quicker because mm-hmm. it's like I play the same. I get in the routine of playing certain songs. People know the songs. They get to the point where I'm playing it so much. They're singing along yet. I haven't even gone through the process of recording that song. And it's like by the time I get to the recording studio, record it and release it, I've already played it a hundred times. I'm ready for this whole new set that I wrote last week. You know, so it's hard because I have fun playing all my new stuff because it's new to me. But it's 
you it's a it's a hard <laughs> process it's hard it to is. focus on certain things it's like you have to f- focus on recording and performing and social media and it's a lot and it's all exciting stuff it's just finding the perfect balance to be able to do it all at once and it's hard to separate the different like brain mentality mm-hmm. of like i am in a songwriting phase yep. and now i am in a social media phase and now i'm in a live performance phase because as an independent artist like you you have to think about all of it all of the time every day forever yeah. until you die yeah <laughs> <sighs> oh, the social pressure <laughs> the anxiety it's but a lot then it's hard to separate those out but then i've talked to the managers of a few like not big artists but more successful artists and they do have that kind of separation and the artists do set those boundaries yeah um there's a pop jazz soul funk whatever you want to call them duo um out of new york city called lawrence that i really like Hmm. and i was talking to their manager and i was like i would love to have lawrence play in nashville for me let me be the promoter on a show i'll get them connected with a bigger venue because they can they're like a 2000 seat venue kind of a band wow. they're way bigger than any of the acts that i've gotten to work with in the past but um when i've asked about it they're like oh they're actually not performing live right now they are and they're not doing press right now they're only in the songwriting phase and when they're in their songwriting phase they don't get a they don't talk to anybody else mm-hmm. because they kind of just isolate and they're like we have to be creative and yeah. if you all of a sudden have to become beep boop the robot that does the interviews, yeah. you stop thinking creatively. Yep. And it's good to be able to compartmentalize like that. And that's something that I think that is a huge problem for independent artists because they don't have the opportunity to compartmentalize. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like now, too, we've, I've noticed like a lot of um, artists do their tours during the summer. And then mm-hmm. I feel like they record during the winter and I'm like, right. it makes sense because I don't want to leave my house in the <laughs> winter time. So it's a, it makes sense to do it that way. But it's hard as an independent person where you're kind of doing everything at once to say no to opportunities because you right. only get them once. Well, we're at the end of 2023 now where you're going to be the last episode we record this year. Ah. And um, I would love to know what kinds of things you're hoping to accomplish next year. What does... What does Laurel Sabadosh, country artist, singer-songwriter, want to do next year? Um, I want to release more music, record more, release more, and I want to keep playing um, shows. I feel like when I first started doing the rounds, I was so nervous all the time, and it was like I finally am now comfortable to be able to go to a round, so I want to find something else that kind of gets me back into That's the cool. nervous phase to kind of push me back. Which You've got that confidence on stage now. Yeah, and it, like my the band show that I'm going to be doing, mm-hmm. I'm excited because I've never done that before, so it's going to be like a new thing, and hopefully I'll do more band shows in 2023 so I can get used to it and keep moving up and up and up Mm -hmm. and pushing so if you're listening to this the dates come out you missed it but yeah (laughs) laurel and a few others are playing tour stop show at the basement this year in 2023 we've got girl power yes i am so excited i'm stoked to see that show if you're listening after the fact it was awesome it was it was the (laughs) best show ever you missed it (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, have you done a full, full band show before? No. This will be the first one? Yeah, my first one. I did my first practice last week and I was like, I need another. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. We're going to do it again. <laughs> I, oh, you, I mean, you cannot practice too much because I've seen these bands and I hate even admitting that I have booked bands that I know they have not rehearsed. Really? You can tell. Yeah. Because they don't know where the stops are mm-hmm. or they don't know, are we repeating the last chorus once or twice? No. And it's like, you, you can just tell there's that like awkward tension. It, and then you can also tell the bands that have rehearsed a ton. And then that last note is, bah, it's like, bah. right. <laughs> you can, you can really tell the difference between a well-rehearsed band and a, uh, a loosely, <laughs> I listened to the demos. I'll pick it up. And it was like, yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. I can tell t- it's hard too. Cause it's like, I always play by myself. So it's, too almost like you're managing a bunch mm-hmm. of people to kind of sound how you want them to sound i had to learn the nashville charts to chart out my songs like yeah, yeah it's just an experience <laughs> yeah well i'm super excited for that show we'll definitely yeah. have you do one next year so that we can have plenty of time to promote it and yes. have you plenty of time to have like band rehearsals yeah all the <laughs> band rehearsals i can get well i appreciate you so much for coming on to the podcast today the final question is can you give us your plugs can you tell yes. our listeners how they can interact with you online so i am at laurel sabadosh on literally everything on tiktok i'm laurel dot sabadosh because somebody um is laurel sabadosh <laughs> on there but yeah laurel sabadosh on I'll have all of your links hyperlinked in our episode description as well. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm on social media everywhere, all on the Spotify, everywhere you can find. Do you have a website? Yes. LaurelSabadosh.com. Oh, who would have thunk? No, I try and make it simple because my name's a little (laughs) difficult. So I have to keep the tags more simple. Well, Laurel, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Would you like to say anything else before we close this week's show? Um, yes, please go listen to all my music. I have like (laughs) six songs out and six or seven and also a Christmas one. So this one's going to be released before Christmas. This will be out before Christmas. Yeah. So go check it out. Christmas is calling me. So go listen to Laurel Sabadosh online. We'll have all of her links tagged or hyperlinked or whatever it is we'll have them available in the episode description here you can also find us at nashville tour stop on all of your social media platforms if you'd like to find our full live event calendar we have that at nashvilletourstop.com more importantly just come hang out with us at a show you can yes. meet me you can most likely meet laurel yes and uh, we'll come back next year oh my gosh 2024 happy to- oh my gosh we're wow. going to come back into the 20s full swinging. Not me saying 2023 earlier. I'm yep. clearly very confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy holidays, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to all of our podcast episodes this year in 2023. Don't do anything I wouldn't do in the meantime. Give us a follow and we'll see you in 2024. But until then, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. Stop.